Ticket stubs and cassette tapes. I'm Andy and I am your host. Today is October the 3rd, 2023, which means that I'm officially kicking off the 2023 Ticket Stubs Oktoberfest. What that means is that we're going to spend this month looking at horror movies, uh, reviewing them, um, and just, you know, breaking down some, some horror movies that I really like and I really enjoy. Um, as well as some, you know, sequels and, you know, we'll look at some franchise films and and probably some one-off horror movies as well. Um, but yeah, October is, it's a great month. It's, it's actually my favorite month of the year, uh, for a few different reasons. Number one, fall weather. I love it. Uh, absolutely love fall weather. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of that, you know, time of the year that you kind of wish you could bottle up and just keep with you. Um, and, you know, besides that, I do love horror movies and this is the specific time of year built for them. Um, and it's kind of the kickoff of the end of the year. You know, you go, you get, you know, this month and it's all about fall and, um, you know, scary movies and Halloween. And then, you know, you go into November and you're getting, you know, more towards Thanksgiving and then you get into, uh, December and, you're getting towards Christmas and the end of the year and spending time with family. So, um, you know, from now until the end of the year, it's it's kind of all downhill. And, and this is, you know, generally my favorite time of year. But one of the big reasons, like I mentioned, is the scary movies. And, you know, that's a genre that um, means a lot to me. I, you know, growing up, you know, and I've talked about this a little bit before, but growing up there were two big factors um for me when it came to, uh, horror movies. And that is, you know, monster vision, monster vision, uh, Joe Bob Briggs, monster vision growing up, you know, with that show and, you know, being shown a lot of great old scary movies, uh, with the great Joe Bob Briggs, you know, commentary, uh, was always fun. And it was a great way to introduce, you know, newer audiences to a lot of those movies. And, um, you know, spending time watching that as well as movie rental stores. Um, you know, I know that's something that if you're younger, you may not, you know, understand or have as, um, big of an understanding, um, as you know, what that meant to a lot of people, but, you know, going into a, you know, I still remember those Friday nights going into the movie rental store with my, with my dad and, you know, kind of browsing the store and seeing, you know, aisles with, you know, the scary movie VHS uh, covers on the racks and, you know, just kind of looking at each one and thinking, you know, what is, what is that movie? You know, what, you know, what is, what could that possibly be about? And sometimes they would be, uh, you know, 
extremely, um, um, uh, I guess, obvious in what the movie was on the cover, and sometimes it'd be a little bit more ambiguous. Um, you know, you had your silly kind of horror movies um, and, and stuff like that, and I and, and I just remember, um, you know, being so intrigued by what you would see just from the cover of a movie. And that's kind of something that doesn't really exist anymore, right? I mean, now you, you have uh, tons of trailers and TV spots and all that stuff on the internet. And the funny thing is, is that we usually know um, most of the movie before we've actually even sat down and watched the movie because you just get fed so much of it online. Um and, and you really don't have kind of that surprise of just sitting down and watching a movie without really knowing anything about it. And so, you know, times have changed a lot. And, um, you know, I feel like the magic of going into a, a, a you know, a, a local, your local movie rental store on a Friday night, Saturday night, and, uh, you know, kind of just picking what you wanted to watch solely based off, you know, a little cover uh, a box, a cover box, you know, um, that, that's definitely gone. And, and I think there's a little bit of magic gone with that. Um, but that had a big effect on me. You know, I couldn't really rent movies back then, not horror movies. I mean, um, because I was, you know, a little too young, but, um, it was always interesting to just look at the covers and, you know, kind of ponder on what that could be about. Um, but as I got older, you know, I was, I became more interested in watching a lot of these movies and, um, you know, I really became a, a huge fan of the genre and, and I think that there are certainly, you know, hidden gems and I think that there are, you know, big, great horror movies that everyone knows about You know, a lot, a lot of you, if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm a big fan of the Halloween movies. Um, you know, and, and, and really that first movie, John Carpenter's Halloween, um, I think is just, um, it's one of the best horror movies ever made, if not the best, you know, so I really appreciate and love the genre and, and this month, um, this month of October is, is kicking off our ticket stubs, Oktoberfest, where we're going to talk about. Uh, several horror movies, and I'm really looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of months, um, and I'm really just looking forward to breaking down different kinds of movies, how I feel about them. I'll probably just pick movies based off um, their popularity, some of them, and then some of them I'll choose based off uh, my love for them, even if they're not as popular, and we'll just talk about some random ones, and, and I think that'll be pretty fun, um, so yeah, be on the lookout this month, there's going to be plenty of episodes revolving, revolving around this, so uh, I'm looking forward to it, but today, today, we're going to talk not one, but two movies, we're going to talk about The Blair Witch Project from 1999, and we're going to talk about Blair Witch from 2016. So, there are three Blair Witch movies, okay? Um, now, if you're listening and, and you're, you know, you've seen these, you know, I, I'm obviously explaining something you already know, but just to break it down, 
There is the Blair Witch Project, there is Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, and there is Blair Witch from 2016. Uh, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows is kind of the outlier in those three movies. It was a sequel to the first one, even though um, you know it's a very different kind of sequel. Um, it's not found footage. It's taking place in uh, sort of an... It, it's taking place as a movie where the first the events of the first movie don't exist so it's acknowledged in Blair Witch 2 that the first Blair Witch was just a movie and it's it those events didn't really happen and then it's kind of its own separate thing and it's a very weird movie um you know I don't know if I'll cover it or not I may you know at some point I probably will but just know that it's not really in the same universe as the first movie um, it's, it's kind of got an odd message. And, you know, the funny thing about Blair Witch 2 is that, um, you know, there was actually kind of a decent story there to it, but I know that it's one of those movies that got a lot of studio interference. And so what you got was not at all what the movie was supposed to be. It was kind of recut by the studio and a bunch of scenes were added in for seemingly no reason and, uh, scenes were taken out plot points were changed so the movie that you got with Blair Witch 2 was not at all what the director of the movie intended to make and so I would be interested to see a director's cut someday I doubt we ever will but um you know it just know that it's completely it's 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 its own separate thing right and what what's funny about that movie to me spoiler alert for Blair Witch 2 um is that it's called Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows there is no Book of Shadows. <laughs> it's not a thing that exists in the movie. They, it's never mentioned. Um, yeah. They're, 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 it's literally a meaningless title. There's, there is no Book of Shadows at all. Um, so um, that's kind of one of those weird things. It, was, it, it came out in a weird time period in the early 2000s where you know horror movies were not in the best state. Um, so... Um, you know, it was just kind of, um, I don't want to say it was a cash grab. I do think the director had a plan to make something interesting and different. Uh, but the studio ultimately, uh, you know, took that project over and, and kind of, you know, ruined any chance that movie had of, of being successful. So, um, it's its own thing. And that, that, you know, I say all this to sort of explain that. But today we're just going to talk about the original Blair Witch Project from 1999 and we're going to talk the direct sequel to it that came out in 2016 uh, called Blair Witch. Um, and I'm going to you know, go through and discuss my opinions on, on both of these films as well as um, you know, so, some of the facts surrounding both of those movies and the story and uh, you know, some of the theories I guess. And uh, yeah, we'll just kind of break down some of that. But starting with the original Blair Witch Project. Now, when I think of that movie, um, I think about the fact that it has to be uh, one of, if not the most unique horror movie I've ever seen. And it's, it's so funny, I can clearly... I clearly remember the first time I watched the Blair Witch Project. 
it had to have been circa, I don't know, 2003, maybe 2002. I did not see it when it came out. Um, but I remember, um, seeing it, we had it, uh, on a VHS tape, uh, you know, somebody, one of my sisters, I guess, had a copy of it. Um, and I remember sitting down and watching it by myself at night. And I remember at the time being like, oh my gosh, like this is, this has got to be one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. And, you know, that's still to this day, I can remember that. I mean, that's kind of how, how much of a profound effect that movie had. And what's funny about that movie is it's almost like a, it's, it's almost like a, just a complete black or white thing, right? You have one side who says, you know, that's one of the scariest movies ever made. And then you'll have another group of people who will say that movie is not scary at all. And I think that a lot of it has to do with your viewing habit. Um, you know, if you watch it with a group of friends and, you know, maybe there's, you know, alcohol involved or whatever, people sit around, you know, people like to do this thing where they sit around and watch with a group of people and, you know, just actively are kind of giving like a mystery science theater uh, kind of commentary track along with it, you know, just, just, you know, having fun. And that typically ends up being, you know, the type of movie where people say, well, that wasn't that scary. I think that there's a big difference in that and kind of just sitting down by yourself and turning the lights off at night and watching a movie like that for the first time, knowing nothing about it, right? Knowing nothing about it. And I think that was what was so important for me is that I knew nothing about the movie, right? Nothing at all. And just sat down and watched it. And that, to me, sets up for um, actually being able to take in the movie as it was meant to be taken in. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, for any of you who didn't think the movie was scary, um, that you you didn't sit down and watch it by yourself and, and come to that conclusion. I, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there who did and still didn't think it was that scary. But um, to me, I thought it was profoundly scary. I thought, you know, that movie took so many chances and came out on the right side for me that they executed exactly what they wanted to execute as far as I'm concerned. But um, let's jump into that. Let's talk a little bit about why uh, I feel that way and why a lot of people feel that way. Um, And so let's talk about it a little bit here. So kind of the story, you know, three college kids go out into the woods um, to kind of do a documentary uh, with handheld cameras about this, you know, Blair Witch lore and, you know, what they know about, you know, this town of, of Burkittsville, um, Maryland, and, you know, they go out into the woods, and, and they talk to some locals from the town, and then they go out into the woods, and they're camping, and they're hiking, and they're just kind of trying to get some footage, and and, and weird things happen, right? And we get it all through the perspective of this found footage film that they're shooting, and, you know... 
the movie ends kind of ambiguously, and I don't really want to go through you know a bunch of the specifics uh, at at this point. But you know about the making of this movie, um, it was completely improvised, right? And that and that to me helps this movie so much. This was not a scripted movie. Essentially, what happened is that the crew and the directors took these three actors. Um, they put them out in the middle of the woods with the cameras and with, you know, a few supplies. And they said, look, we want you to shoot everything you're doing. Um, we're not going to be with you. We'll be around. Um, but you won't know it. Um, you know, here's a map. Um, you know, here's, you know, a bunch of film for you to use and switch out every day. And we want you to improvise everything, okay? We just want you to improvise everything. And they gave them some sort of some backstory on the witch and some lore and all that that they made up. Um, and every night they were told, look, before you go to bed, take whatever film you shot for the day, come set it in this canister or this basket, uh, and then go get in your tent and go to sleep react to whatever happens always react to whatever happens and then uh every morning when you get up you come out before you start shooting there's going to be a basket there there's going to be some canisters each of you will ha- you will ha- each of your names will be on one of the ca- one of the canisters you come get your canister you open it up there will be a little note in there and that will give you your your character's motivation for that day and just improvise. And that's what they did, right? That's what that's how this movie was made. I know that the only thing that was really different was you know, at one point I know that um Heather Donahue and um let's see, Mike um uh, Williams, who uh were two of the three uh stars, um I know that they got lost and kind of found their way out of the woods. This wasn't in the movie, obviously. Um, and the directors actually came and picked them up and um, took them to the house that we see at the end of the movie. Um, and that's where they shot the ending of, of the movie. So that was kind of the only thing that was really different. But the rest was just them in the woods improvising this movie and they had no interaction with the production crew whatsoever except for the production crew would come in the middle of the night when they were asleep and they were the ones who would set up the stick figures or the pile of rocks or you know whatever they would come shake their tent uh they would play you know stuff through a a a boom box that would you know the characters would react to um it was just it was really super groundbreaking. It was just so different, right? Because this wasn't scripted. It, it kind of felt real. And um, that was something that had a profound effect, I think, on a lot of us, right? This wasn't, you know, a super overproduced camera work. This wasn't, you know, obviously people reading from a script. This was improvisation and really filming off, you know, an old school camcorder, you know, in the middle of the woods. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why this movie works. There are no, there are no jump scares. There, there's no jump scares like we typically, 
anticipate in horror movies today. There's none of that stuff. There are um, little things that you see throughout the film, but that's kind of the magic of the movie is that you really don't see much of anything. It's all there in your head. And, you know, what's funny is is that uh, shortly before recording this, I, I was just on YouTube and I saw where some, you know, one, you know, they, a lot of YouTubers have these film reactions where they watch films for the first time and react to them. And I watched somebody who watched um, the Blair Witch Project all the way through, and I just kind of clicked on the video and ended up watching the whole thing of this person who had never seen it react to it. And it was so funny because her reaction to the movie, I think, was similar to mine or a lot of people where she's just on her edge of edge of the seat the whole time because she's expect she keeps expecting to see something right and the way the camera moves around frantically and the way that they're reacting to stuff and you're always expecting to see something you're always waiting for a jump scare and it never happens and that makes the movie so much more um i guess um i don't want to say exciting but it makes it more uh, it, it makes it scarier to me because you you're just kind of waiting on something that doesn't really ever happen and it makes it creepier, right? It makes it a lot creepier because you're like, what is going on? How is this going to end? I remember thinking that the first time I watched it. I'm like, how in the world is this movie going to end? And then when it does end, it's just one of those endings where you have to sit there for a minute and you have to think for a while. And you're like, what happened? What could have possibly happened? Because you're still kind of watching this as, as almost though it was real. And, and of course, you know, now we, 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 we know that it's not real. Obviously it's, these are actors and this was, you know, a, a, a film shoot, but you know, as a lot of you probably know this, they did a, this is one of the most groundbreaking marketing jobs ever, done in you know movie history uh centered around the Blair Witch Project you know they played it off like this really happened the 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 actors were were told to um you know kind of stay quiet um you know of course the the movie opens with the the famous uh, you know in October of 1994 three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. A, a year later, their footage was found. They put out a whole mockumentary-style, like, sci-fi documentary of the Blair Witch and all the lore behind it before this movie came out that was on TV. People watched it thinking this was real. The history was real. Um, you know, when this movie opened at the Sundance Film Festival... You know, the producers of the movie went around the town uh, that Sundance takes place in and put up missing posters with with these college kids' faces on them and their names and their information. And, um, you know, I remember that, you know, their families were actually getting, like, condolences, uh, condolence letters in the mail from people. And, um, you know, this people thought this was real. And... And it became a huge marketing ploy. And, you know, shortly after the movie came out, all that kind of got busted up. And, you know, these actors started appearing on talk shows. And everybody started learning this this was not real. But I think that's a testament to the movie, right? 
people were flocking to the theaters in 1999 to see what they thought was a tapes that showed these kids disappearing with seemingly kind of supernatural things happening around them. And, um, and that to me is just so brilliant from a marketing standpoint. And, um, you know, again, it shows the power of the movie itself and, you know, how it doesn't go over the top. Your mind works, uh, in such a way that it tries to fill in the gaps and what happens in this movie. And that to me is what makes it so much scarier because, um, you know, you don't have to be shown anything. Your mind is sitting there racing. Like what is going on? How can this be happening? Um, you know, Stephen King is actually on record of saying, uh, you know, what makes this movie so scary is that, uh, it looks real and what, makes it even even scarier than that is that it feels real and um you know it really is like watching a home video of that day um and just watching these events play out and 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 you know it's it's just to me it's one of the most unique um movies ever made um i think that it was a fantastic idea from the start i think they only spent something like twenty thousand dollars on this movie uh, on the production of this movie uh which is just insane um i well actually i think um i think after all and said was said and done it was closer to like 60 grand but still you know the it, it's crazy that you know a film like this can only cost that much and it made something like 250 million dollars which has got to be one of the highest uh, ratios of money spent to money made um, ever. Um, you know, they actually ended up spending, I think I read where it was close to like $25 million in marketing, so way more than the movie even cost to make in marketing. And that was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, so, you know, th- it, it, it's crazy, um, you know, the kind of impact that a movie like this had. Um, but it's one of the most groundbreaking horror films ever made. And it's, it's really what we consider to be the first found footage. Technically, um, it's not actually the first, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, the movie that, uh, I think Cannibal Holocaust, I want to say is, is kind of the first in that genre but this this kind of coin this movie uh coined the phrase found footage and so um you know movies like cloverfield and all that kind of came based on you know their success was kind of based on what happened in this movie and and how well it was received so um you know it it just it was a groundbreaking movie and like i said there's so many things that um contribute to that It, it came out at the perfect time you know, a movie like this couldn't happen today because of the internet being what it is. And, um, you know, the internet was certainly around back then, but, um, and it actually helped boost the popularity of this movie, um, through, you know, college websites, you know, a lot of these college, um, you know, boards that, uh, kids would talk through, uh, you know, like message groups and things like that. Um, 
is where this movie was discussed and, you know, where it really became popularized with that age group. Um, but today, you know, there would be no way to, um, you know, kind of for, for the lore to spread the fake lore to spread. Uh, I don't think that it could really happen, uh, in today's internet because, you know, it could be so easily debunked and, um, you know, I don't think it would completely kill the chances of this movie doing well, but it would certainly have an impact, right? I mean, you had, like I said, you had people flocking to the theaters thinking that they were going to see kind of a snuff film, you know, kind of a, a film of, of, you know, a true supernatural uh, event. Um, and and so, you know, that, that had a huge impact on this movie, and it would be really hard to pull that off today. Um, but yeah, the Blair Witch Project is, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of up there with one of those all time greatest in, in my opinion, in terms of, uh, the uniqueness of it, the creativity, um, the time period, uh, in which it came out. Um, and you know, it's, it's just so different from any other horror movie, uh, that you've ever seen. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that. I still think that it's an unsettling movie to watch. Uh, I haven't seen it many more times since the first viewing. I don't, I don't know if this is a movie that you watch several times, you know, and I'm not, not to say it doesn't have longevity, but, um, you know, I think maybe I've seen it three times, three, four times in a span of 20 some odd years. Um, you know, because, once you've seen it once, it just kind of sticks with you, and <laughs> you don't really have to rewatch it um, very much. But yeah, the Blair Witch Project um, up there all time with the you know creative scary movies and and you know the impact that they have on audiences. And I kind of want to use that as a, a springboard to talk about Blair Witch from 2016. So. Um, this is a movie that is a, uh, direct sequel to the first one. Uh, the story of the movie is pretty simple. You know, in the first movie, there are, uh, three characters, Heather, Mike, and Josh. Uh, they're the, the three college kids who go missing in the woods. In Blair Witch 2016, uh, Heather's younger brother, um, is basically on a mission to uh, try to find his sister 20 years later. And it's set in 2014. Um, and he gets a little uh, you know, video clip from someone on YouTube that shows them walking through the house uh, from the end of the first movie. And for a second there, you see a little uh, reflection in a mirror in the video and it it's kind of blurry, but it appears like it could be a, a female. And so he thinks maybe somehow that's his sister. Now, um, you know, I realize that's a little out there because, you know, it's been 20 years, you know, how, you know, how could your sister, you know, still be alive and, you know, have a film camera and, you know, uh, you know, apparently, you know, the, the guy who sent him this film found the tape underneath the tree in the woods and there's not a lot there that makes a ton of sense but anyway he and his group of friends including his girlfriend uh set out set out on a trip to go back to the forest 
the Burkittsville woods and, um, you know, try to find where this tape was and maybe try to find the house and uh, look for his sister, I guess. And, um, you know, along the way they meet, um, they meet up with the guy who posted the YouTube clip and his girlfriend, uh, who end up going on the trip with them. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a pretty simple setup, same as the first one. Um, and it's in the same kind of found footage style. Now, I want to kind of start off here with talking about um, the things that I don't really like about the sequel. And then I'll kind of give you my overall opinion of the movie. Um, my first big issue with the movie is that it does not feel at all to me like the original movie. Um, I know that there are people out there who say that it is a solid sequel. I know that Heather Donahue herself, um, you know, she was approached to be in this movie in some capacity. I don't know. I think maybe just for a scene or two. Uh, of course, Heather Donahue is, you know, Heather from the original movie. Um, and she actually declined, basically saying that she wanted to put the Blair Witch behind her and, you know, she had lived a, a good life after the movie and just really didn't want to go back to that. Um, so she declined to be in it. Um, but I know that after the movie came out, she, she kind of had, you know, mentioned to a reporter that she went and saw the movie and she really, she actually really liked it. She thought it was almost scarier than the original. Um, and, uh, you know, I know people have varying opinions on this movie. Um, you know, uh, I think on Rotten Tomatoes it has something like a 31% audience score. But to be honest with you, from people I know, it's it's almost kind of split right down the middle. I, I see some people who really don't like this movie at all. I've seen a lot of people who really, really appreciate this movie. So it's kind of kind of got a weird uh uh, you know, opinion, overall opinion, and it's super mixed on this movie. Now, um, the first thing I, going back to what I wanted to point out was that, uh, it just doesn't have the same feel. It does not feel the same as the original movie. I know that it's found footage style, but to be honest with you, it, it comes off way more as just like a handheld shaky cam and less of a found footage. It's super polished, super polished, which if you know anything about the original Blair Witch Project, that is not at all what that movie is. It's not polished at all. This one feels a lot more polished. Um, this movie is scripted. It is not improvised. And I think that you feel that. I think that you, you really feel that. You, that, that to me is a huge difference. Um, uh, you know, when you go from the first movie to this one, um, is the, the story is completely scripted out. Um, you know, there's a lot of these little quick transition shots and all this that are in the movie that are, uh, to, in my opinion, they're kind of distracting. Um, and that kind of takes away from the overall feel. Um, and then, you know, one of the big things for me with this movie is, the actual woods themselves. So, you know, the the whole idea is that they, they've gone back to the woods of the original movie. And I know that this may sound uh, a little picky, but um, the woods that they go to in this movie are very obviously, it's very obviously just not the same place that the first movie took place in, right? 
Um, it's supposed to be. I mean, it is in terms of the actual movie universe, but it's very obvious that they've gone to some big, thick, green forest in this movie, whereas in the first one, it was more of, you know, the woods, right? And there's a difference between, like, a forest and woods. A forest is overgrown. There's way more trees. There's, uh, you know, not as much sunlight coming down um, into um, on, onto the ground because there's way more thick coverage of trees. Um, and it just looks, the look is different. And what made that first, the ambiance of, of the setting of that first movie so creepy to me is it looked like just regular woods that could be behind your house, right? Um, there wasn't trees every two feet. Um, you know, it, it didn't look like some big national forest. It just looked like woods that you could walk through behind your house. And that's what made it so creepy. And this one, it's like a huge thick forest and it just, the setting just looks so different to me. Um, and so I've never loved that aspect of it. Um, it just does not at all feel like the original setting. Um, and, and, and that was one of the first things when I sat down to watch this movie that I was disappointed in that they did, they failed to kind of capture that part of you know, the setting of the original movie, as well as the overall polished Hollywood tone that this movie had the, or the look that this movie had, um, was kind of disappointing to me. Um, Again, the scripted feeling is just way different as well. Um, you know, the first movie, again, the characters' reactions um, being kind of genuine. I mean, it 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 made the the movie so much more creepy. And this one, um, although it's creepy at times, it just feels a little bit more scripted. And then the obvious big one I wanted to point out is you see stuff in this movie. In the first movie, you don't see things. You you see stick figures that have been put up. You see piles of rocks. You see a house. Uh, you see Mike standing in a corner. You see uh, a bundle of uh, you know fabric that includes Josh parts of Josh's shirt and teeth and blood. Uh, but that's all you see. Everything I just told you right there, that's all you see in the movie. Besides woods and characters. And it's the overall feel and tone of the movie and the and the reactions and the 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 you know, the little bit of lore they give you. That's what really fills in the gaps in that movie. In this movie, you see a long, lanky creature chasing after him. You see a bright light shining through windows. You see, um, you know, you see a ghost appear and disappear in the house. Uh, you know, you 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 actually see things. And I know that you know a lot of you may think if you've seen this movie, you may think that that long, sort of lanky creature is the witch. And and I did too when I first saw the movie. The the director of this movie actually came came out and said after the movie that that creature that you see in the movie is not the witch. You don't ever actually see the witch. That that creature that you see is actually a uh, a a victim of the witch. Uh, so it could actually be Heather, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, but um, yeah, it's just uh, 
it, it gets a little bit uh, Hollywoodized, I guess, this sequel does, because you just see things. And to me, that kind of takes away from the movie. Although it's creepy, it just kind of takes away from the movie because, to me, that's not at all what made the first movie scary. What made the first movie scary is not seeing things, letting your mind fill in those gaps and wonder and uh, the creepiness of that, right? It's kind of like the first Jaws movie. You don't see the shark until, like, what, an hour into the movie? But it's just knowing that it's there and, um, you know, it's what you don't see that almost scares you more than what you do see. And, uh, and the first Blair Witch captured that pretty well. This movie to me, goes a little over the top with showing you things. Um, Now, let's talk about some of the stuff I do like about this movie. Well, I do like that it kind of tried to go back and capture a little more of the tone of the first one. Um, You know, I do like uh, trying to expand upon some of the lore. Um, You know, the fact that uh, it's kind of talked about a little more that, you know, the witch or whoever or whatever is doing this, even though this movie really leans into that it is an actual witch and, you know, there are creatures in the woods. Um, The witch alters time and alters surroundings, which that was in the first movie, but again is not overly explained in the first movie. They walk all day for miles and miles and miles and somehow you know even though they've went in one direction they end up at the same place they started and there was something so off-putting and creepy about that in the first movie because it's such a feeling of being trapped in this movie they kind of do the same thing and so it gets explained a little bit more you know the fact that in this movie it turns nighttime and it never goes back to daytime when they're in the house, uh, at the end of the movie, you see this bright light shining through and it goes away and then it comes again and it goes away. And that was kind of explained by the makers of the movie as being, you know, daytime. Basically, it going from daytime to night and daytime to night really quickly, which is almost a way of the witch uh, just screwing with the kids, basically showing them the power that it has. Uh, which there's a, there's kind of a creepy element to that, but again, I don't know that I don't know that you, we really needed to see that, you know. Um, again, I know there's kind of a fine line there, but when you start over explaining things, to me, it's just kind of a turn off. Um, it's kind of something that uh, can take me out of a movie like this. Um, but I did enjoy and appreciate an attempt to sort of explain some more stuff. Um, and I thought that there were times where they didn't overstep and explain too much, but then, you know, there were other times that they did. And to me, that kind of takes away from, um, the overall impact of the movie in, you know, relative to what the first movie did, obviously. Um, I appreciate them showing certain things um, that try to explain, you know, sort of where we are in time towards the end of the movie. So, for instance, you know, at one point when they're in the house, the girl, I forget her name, one of the main character, uh, she her she's sort of running through the house and she puts her camera 
kind of pointed at the ground for a second and it and you see very briefly you see heather's camera from the first movie still laying there and so um it's kind of been um theorized that you know the the end of the first movie and the end of this movie could almost be taking place at about the same time. I know at one point you hear a scream in the house, and uh, you know it's been theorized that that scream you hear is actually Heather from the first movie. So you know time works weird in this world, you know, or in these woods, I guess, when the the witch or whatever manipulates it. So you know these events could actually be taking place around the same time. Um which is kind of a fun little, uh, you know, twist, I think, that they they tried to play with in this movie. Um, I think that there's a little more they could have done with it to tie the movies together. Um, but, um, you know, I do appreciate trying to do something different there. Um, you know, I did appreciate the ending of the movie where, you know, the main character, Heather's brother, thinks he hears Heather, even though he says, you know, we can't look at the witch, we can't look look at the corner, um, which is kind of a different take on what they do uh, in the first movie by standing in the corner. Um, and eventually he kind of gives in and he turns around only to be immediately taken out. And then, um, you know, the obviously the last character alive the girl she she thinks she then hears him and she turns around and then boom that's the end of the movie um i can appreciate the creativity there to try to harken back to what the first movie did but in a different kind of way um kind of a different point of view of it um you know so you know again those, those are some of the positives that i kind of take away i do appreciate some of the the um uh attempt to um, kind of play in that world, but do it a little differently. Um, I just don't know that it was all always, you know, necessarily uh, executed in the right way or a way that I would have preferred. Um, and you know, that's kind of how I feel about this movie overall. I've seen it a couple times. I saw it in theaters when it came out. I watched it kind of recently to prepare for this. Um, and I kind of feel the same way both times. I, it's just kind of underwhelming to me. Um, I don't, you know, at all and never have felt that this was nearly as scary as the first one. Um, you know, I, I, I to be quite honest with you, was a little disappointed with this movie. Um, I was excited when they said it was coming out. I thought maybe it would be a good opportunity to follow up on the first movie and try to do something a little different, but continue that story in, in a creative way. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what I took away from this movie is that it was a good attempt, but uh, I think that there were some uh, things that led them kind of astray from trying to capture the creativity of what the first movie did. And, you know, a big one for me, again, was, you know, this movie being way too polished, way too scripted, uh, showing way too much, trying to explain a little bit too much, um, and kind of failing to understand what made that first movie so scary. And I think the reality of the situation is, is that you're just not going to, 
look, that first movie was lightning in a bottle. The Blair Witch Project is lightning in a bottle, and you're not going to recapture that. And so, um, you know, as bad as I hate to say this, because I think it's it's said too much, I think that there are a lot of movies that um, uh, you can make sequels out of and you can make franchises out of, and I think people uh, too often say, well, there just shouldn't be a sequel. I think this is actually a, a franchise where the first movie should just exist and, and, and you know, should just be on its own. And, and, you know, we probably shouldn't go back to this well anymore because, uh, again, it's just such a lightning-in-a-bottle type of movie and it works really well. And once you start explaining too much, once you start going too deep into it, um, you really start taking away from what made it work so well in the first place. And uh, that is the lack of knowledge, the lack of footage, the lack of um, the lack of of seeing things or you know hearing things. There, there's there's just the mind that fills in so much of the gaps of the first movie. And that's what really makes it work. And once you start adding too many layers to that, uh, it begins to take away from the overall impact of the movie. And, you know, I think that especially in this day and age where we're kind of uh, keen on trying to, you know, uh, do as much as we can and, and overdo things, I think that all you can do at this point in time is make a lesser version of what that first movie was. And so, um, you know, I think that that original movie exists as its own thing. And, um, you know, although this Blair Witch, the newer one, is something that is interesting to watch, I just don't think that it captures uh, at all the spirit of that first movie. And so, um, you know, it's not one that I'm going to revisit too many times. But um, that that is that's my thoughts on the Blair Witch franchise. Um, you know, again... Really, really enjoy that first movie. Um, I think that if you haven't seen it, uh, I don't, you know, mean to have just spoiled everything for you. I did leave a lot out, uh, but go check it out. Go check it out. Make sure you watch it in the right setting. Um, and um, yeah, uh, it's 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 just a fun, creative movie that they don't make a lot of anymore. Um, you don't you don't see a lot of movies like that anymore. And uh, you know. It is a product of its time, and it is a product of uh, you know great creativity on on a, the director's part. So, um, yeah, check out the Blair Witch Project. Check out the the sequel if you haven't seen it, and, and uh, you know, let's hear your thoughts on it. Make sure to check us out on uh, at uh, Ticket Stubs and Cassette Tapes on Facebook and Twitter, and give us a follow there if you haven't already. And uh, I'll be back with you later in the week and we'll talk about, a, 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 you know, another couple of horror movies and we'll continue the ticket stubs Oktoberfest here. But for now, I'm Andy. I've been your host and uh, I enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.